are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. We've got a new Friday show for you. I'm bringing in a guest. None of you probably know him, but that doesn't matter. It's my podcast. Do what I want. This man was the 1995-96 play-by-play guy for Loyola Marymount University basketball. He's a friend of mine. I will see him in six days when uh, we meet up in Vegas. Josh Mooney. Josh, what's up, man? Hey, Steve. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, you got it. Um, I uh, Let's talk LMU basketball first. We're not going to spend a lot of time on this because there's really nothing to talk about after they got bounced by BYU in the WCC tournament. Sure. We're now at 33 consecutive years that this team has not made the NCAA tournament. <laughs> They've maybe gotten one one or two CBIs in there, maybe an NIT, but man, uh, you broadcasted for a horrible team. I broadcasted for a horrible team. Is there any hope for our Lions going forward? I think if there was, it's with this administration and this coach. I do think Stan has a plan and he is recruiting more effectively in Los Angeles because it was really that was the most depressing, right? Seeing the local guys yeah. from the Westchester Highs and the St. John Bosco's going other places. And I think there's a couple guys coming. Obviously, this year had some highs and some lows with Cam Shelton scoring out of his mind a few games and getting some big wins. But then they also lost to like Portland and teams that you didn't expect them to lose. So I wasn't surprised that uh, that they're not you know making a big run or didn't make a big run. But uh, but I think he's got the program headed in the right direction. I mean I don't I don't know all the statistics for 33 years, but I got to think the fact that they were the four seed in the WCC tournament and finished fourth in the conference this year. I think that's the best they've finished in 33 years. I believe. I mean. Maybe because I, I know they didn't finish one or two any time in the last 33 years. I know that. So no. did they maybe they pulled a third in there at one point, but they were the fourth best team in the WCC this year. They were, I think, 18 and 11, 19 and 11, something like that going into the tournament, 17 and 12. It was so they weren't horrible. They're going to get yeah. they're going to get some postseason run for sure. They'll yeah. get somewhere. But I do think they've got a couple of guys that Stan's really excited about. Um a local kid who who's been rocking the playoffs and yeah i think uh i mean you know you just take the big picture like why why did they could they never recreate any of the magic they had from you know the years before we got there right yeah. like just was it the lawsuit was it the administration just saying you know sports will never be this big again on this campus um but you know, 33 years. It is just incredible that you think even one year that somebody would come in there, a one and done, or somebody would just play out his mind and carry them to, uh, you know, a third place finish or even a second, but just never happened. Maybe it's the restrictions on admissions. It could be that just it's a tough school to get into. They And like you said, but that goes hand in hand with almost like we're not a sports school. We don't care to be, we're not going to compete uh, we can't nope. compete against it. You know, we have no football team, so it's not like they're get, generating a ton of money that way. They obviously have plenty I mean, of money in school, but they just don't. If I don't Hank think they and Bo never school. happened, we would be USD, right? We wouldn't even be having this conversation. Oh, yeah. No, without a doubt. Um, the last thing I want to talk about in LME basketball is the greatest story that's never been told. If they did a 30 for 30 on it, you and I would be front and center. Uh, this was, I believe, December of 1995. A young Josh Mooney, senior at LMU, brings a young junior 
Steve Carbone as his color man for that game. Your regular color guy was out, and we traveled to Flagstaff, Arizona, to call the LMU Northern Arizona Lumberjack basketball game. Going into the game, LMU is a a five-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm calling the game Brent Musburger style, just dropping hints here and there like, huh? They need to hit their free throws down the stretch here, Josh, don't you think? And in one of the all-time greatest covers, uh, LMU up four, laying five and a half. Northern Arizona has the ball. They miss a shot, and I think with like maybe a second or two left, they commit a foul, and LMU needs to hit these two yes. free throws to for me and you to win our bets. And Jim Williamson hits the two free throws. I, th- I believe it was Jim uh, Williamson. It was and, absolutely, and we win. They win by six. We cover. I don't know what we did in Flagstaff that night, but I just know I was happy that <laughs> that we got to cover. Steve, what happens in Flagstaff stays in Flagstaff. Yeah, exactly. I remember it being <laughs> butt cold out there because it was December, and yeah, just and um, like, and the thing is, you and I are the only people that even know this at the time in in '95. This it had to have been December, right? This was pre. This was a oh, non-conference yeah. game. We weren't into January. Definitely. Yet. Okay. Non-conference for sure. Freezing. All terrible right. basketball you know that was not a good team on either side of the court <laughs> yeah and the lumberjacks are you know they're i think they're in the big sky now but i don't know what they were back then maybe they were the big sky back then but i mean this was a december game i'm pretty sure school was out for those students so there were maybe you know scattered 1500 people in the stands it just Yet a Division One college basketball game that had a line on it, and uh, I bet it <laughs> because I was broadcasting it, and for no other reason I was being a homer. Like I had no idea if LMU was going to cover that game. None. <laughs> no. So we we didn't have the internet. We weren't scouting NAU on YouTube ahead of that. We just you went by the box scores. You know, maybe you got a quick soundbite from a coach when he was headed to the bench. <laughs> But uh, but it was a different time back then, right? Announcing in the '90s. Oh my God, we were doing it. Uh, the equipment we used, it was just remember that remember that silver box that we had to carry around that had everything. Oh sure. In it, um, you know, when you left, you basically handed it down to me and said, "All right, you take the reins. You're the guy next year." And I'm like, "Okay." And uh, no, it was uh, fun doing that, to say the least. Like it was. And the thing was, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've never asked you this. Maybe I did at some point because you grew up and went to like broadcasting camp and did all that stuff. I never did any of that. I never was right. interested in being a play-by-play guy for the rest of my life. I think you had aspirations to at some point, right? Oh, I absolutely did. Yeah, no, I was blessed to go to Santa Margarita High School that had a TV production program that was just unparalleled i couldn't believe we you know the equipment we got we put our local football and basketball games on channel three up against paul j higgins and athletes in motion who is now head of the broadcasting department at sm and uh and yeah we would we did away games we did you know little pieces and and profiles and it was terrific experience and went to lmu pretty much because they had that arrangement where there weren't student and professional broadcasters, you know, like at USC, the student team barely can be barely heard, right? So the brought the the uh, the reach of the AM station at SC is so small. So we got you know this massive tower. The, bro- the broadcast could be heard all over LA. Unfortunately, the teams weren't very good, so nobody listened. But it was it was a great experience. No, that's cool. I mean, I was just a guy that you know me. I was a caller to Rome show. 
And my radio career, I just wanted to be in sports talk radio. I didn't want to follow a team around and do play-by-play or even color. I just wanted to have my own sports talk show. So, yeah, I I didn't really necessarily need to go to camps for that, but um, you, know, you were somebody that was really into that stuff. And it's actually kind of cool because I went one time, not as a participant, but to like observe and um, I've seen those camps before and they're actually, they're actually uh, really cool. Anyway, enough about oh, it. It was uh, great. Uh, no, my, my partners back then were Roxy Bernstein, who I've been watching on the PAC 12 network for years. And, uh, and Tony Luftman was yes. a big part of that camp too. And he's an NHL tonight host and uh still, still working hard. I, yeah, I lost the passion for it. I didn't want to move to some tiny town and be the voice of, you know, some New Mexican high school baseball team or something. It just wasn't, you know, to be able to start in market number two was like such a luxury. I didn't have, you know, the passion or the energy to go to market 250 and work my way up. I mean, honestly, same for me. Like when I started working for Jim Rome two days after I graduated LMU and you start out in market number two and then it's like, okay, I need to get to a radio station. I was like, if I can't get to any stations in LA, I don't know if I want to do this. And then I worked at all the stations in LA and that was it. I was like, I don't want to go to market 50. I don't want to go to Boise and be the drive time host there. Just not, you know, nothing against Boise, Idaho. I'm just not interested. Didn't have the passion you, to it to do that. You also wrote for the Loyolan, right? Yeah. I mean, we saw your writing early on. You're such a great writer. Well, so thank you. no surprise that the blog is such a hit, but <laughs> what did you write? What did you write for the Loyolan? Notes, quotes, and observations. All right. That was the oh, name of it. There you go. Yeah. And it was just... Um, it was like, you know, you know who did it? It was basically a ripoff, not a, I guess, I don't know, a ripoff, but um, gosh, who did it? It used to be a, a kind of a, a the same tone as uh, Rudy Martsky, who wrote for the USA Today, or Jim, mm-hmm. Jim Murray's column in the LA Times, where it was just bullet point stuff. It wasn't doing featured interviews or anything like that. It was just bullet point thoughts about what's going on in sports, which is essentially what my This Sports Daily is, uh, you know, Monday through Friday essentially what it is so you, you talk national and college and like intramural smack or no, what were you covering i don't think i did a lot of intramural stuff i tried to keep it as at the time local college basketball uh ucla usc would talk about lmu um i'd find a quote of the week i mean it was it was also modeled after a lot of my gym basically a lot of my stuff in my gym rome calls ended up in my column or vice versa so it oh, was just, yeah it was stuff like that it was national stuff along with some local flavor so yeah people seemed to i, I remember people seemed to like it I, I remember specifically one time sitting in a comm class by the way we're still on lmu 10 minutes in but sit, <laughs> sitting in a comm class michael o'quinn one of the basketball players at the time was reading my column, and he was like two chairs down from me, and I remember him reading it, and he started laughing out loud. And he's, mm. like, and he's just like, oh, my God. And, he's, and I think one of the other basketball players was sitting next to him. He was like, God damn, that's funny. And I kind of like leaned over to him. I go, hey, Mike, you like that? He's like, oh, my God, you, le- you ever read this guy? I'm like, yeah, that's me. You know, because there's, no, <laughs> <laughs> there's no picture. It was just my name, right. and he didn't know my name. You know, So, yeah, it was funny. Um, that's cool. All right, uh, some college basketball news. I don't know if you know this. This just came down in like the last 10 minutes. Um, let me pull it out here. Uh, Mark Fox, Cal head coach, fired. Real, real shocker there. Uh, <laughs> competing with Viking Jones for literally the worst college basketball coach ever. Um, yes. So I just saw this. Viking, on- who we played with, who we announced at LMU. Yeah. Terrific guy, great heart, and actually a really good player, but – a terrible head coach. I mean, none of us understood why they made that hire. 
I, um, I saw this on Twitter. Check this out. So they, they were just talking about Cal. You know, Cal has had some big names in the past. Sharif Abdul-Rahim, Lamont Murray, Jalen Brown, Jason Kidd, Tony Gonzalez. Like, they were yeah. good in the late 90s, early 2000s. This is Cal basketball since 2017-2018 season. 8-24, and 8-23, and 14-18, 9-20, 12-20, and then Mark Fox caps it off this year with a 3-29 and season. And he's out as head coach, which he should be. I mean, you can't keep your job after three and twenty nine. I don't care if you're in the Pac twelve no. or not. Like that was, it was awful. Anyway, um, yeah, we're we're done with, <laughs> we're done talk, talking college basketball. Let's talk some NFL. Uh, you and I talked about this the other day. The co- the quarterback carousel that's going to happen now in the NFL in this off season. It's like you can't even keep track of it, and and once one, it's like a, a puzzle piece. Once one person goes to one team. That opens up a spot on that team, and if they don't promote from within, then it's like, okay, what free agent is going there? So when you and I are looking at this, there's only one piece that's dropped so far, and that's Derek Carr is moving from the Raiders to the Saints. All sorts of rumors now. Apparently Aaron Rodgers and the Jets brass met yesterday. They like flew to go see him, and it looks like that's going to get done. They're just working out what the Green Bay Packers are going to trade the Jets for Aaron Rodgers, but... When you look at it from the outside, do you have any like, man, where is this team going? I think this person's going here. What are your thoughts on it? I mean, I love it. It is great for the sport. Obviously, this sport doesn't need any help in the offseason. It's always the number one story. But the, the quarterback position is just so crucial, as we see with the Bills' resurgence and the Chiefs' dominance and just – mostly teams in the AFC, as you pointed out the other day, that have these incredible quarterbacks that can do so much. Um, I mean, Lamar Jackson, right? I mean, the guy obviously deserves the money that Deshaun Watson got, but there's hesitation probably because of injury. Um, But it's just become this just incredible theater to watch the movement of, you know, a guy like a Garoppolo, where is he going to go versus who's going to take a chance on CJ Stroud or one of these great guys coming up. I mean, I think the only thing we know is that there's a bunch of guys who aren't going to start again, right? Like they're just the retreads that have been rolled out the last couple of years just baffled me that people thought Matt Ryan had anything left in him or Carson Wentz would ever throw another, you know, four touchdown game. Um, so I just think the whole thing is fascinating. I I don't get a lot of decisions that are made, but I don't even understand why Rodgers wants to go to the Jets. They've got like Elijah Moore and nobody else. Yeah, that's the other thing is I, I, I told you this the other day, and I've been saying it on, on this podcast for the last couple of weeks. Like you do understand the AFC has Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow. Like, I think, if you were to tell me right now, I don't know who the next Super Bowl champions are going to be, but I think the team from the AFC is going to be one of those five teams literally just rotating every year. But Burrow's going to make it one year. One of these years, Josh Allen is going to get to the Super Bowl. Then Mahomes mm-hmm. is going to get back there at some point. I think Justin Herbert will get there at some point. Trevor Lawrence, I think the Jaguars, up-and-coming team, they can get there at some point. Now, now you're Aaron Rodgers at 39 going to the Jets. You think you're going to overtake any of those? Dude, stay in the NFC. What are you doing? Like, There's like three good quarterbacks in the NFC, and good meaning – and one of those is Jalen Hurts, who had a – you know, look, not taking anything away from the guy, great year, but it was his first solid year as a starter. We don't know. He might, he might 
digress next year? I don't know, but agreed. Any dominant Kirk Cousins, quarterbacks? Yeah. Kirk Cousins is the best quarterback in the NFC. I mean, is Dak ever going to win? You're right. Endless question marks in the NFC. Yet doesn't seem like anybody big is moving there. But then you look at the Niners, who figured out Brock Purdy suddenly could lead them to the playoffs. So, I mean, maybe that's just the quality is so poor that a guy picked dead last in the NFL draft can actually probably start there next year. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I but, mean, yeah. A, you know, it, it, if you were a GM in the NFC, would you roll the dice on what you have because he's known, you know, like Justin Fields, or would you go after one of these guys in the draft who look amazing? Yeah, I mean, we went down that list, and you look at the NFC. Certainly, if you were to take the top quarterbacks in the league, those five I named in the AFC, I think, are the top five in the league. So your your top quarterback in the NFC is automatically, I guess, best position in the overall rankings of NFL quarterbacks, number six. Because I don't mm -hmm. think there's any NFC quarterback that's better than any of those five I just mentioned in the AFC. So... I don't it, think so. Unless Rodgers stays there. But Rodgers is also coming off the worst year of his career. Is it age? Is it the scheme in Green Bay? He had back-to-back -back MVP seasons co coming into last season and then just produced nothing. And they, he just looked off. And I don't know if that was unhappiness or just not having the weapons, whatever the case may be. But, shit, even if Rodgers goes to the Raiders where he's got weapons and his boy Devontae Adams and Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs – which would seem to be a better fit for him. Just go somewhere where you've got proven offensive weapons. Still, it's the Raiders who are been terrible defensively, awful, mm -hmm. and you're in the AFC again. So it's just like, again, you're dealing with those five quarterbacks and getting to the playoffs and getting through all of them, I just don't think it's going to happen. So I don't know. I don't know what, what the deal is. And I'm not even including Lamar Jackson in this. What if he comes back to the Ravens and he's healthy? The guy's won an MVP before. He's led the league in touchdown passes before. He's easily one of the top three running quarterbacks ever in NFL history. You might even say that he's number six in the AFC and number six overall. Oh, and it's very. just like NFC is like you're starting at number seven with the best quarterbacks in the league, you know? And that's I think that is the most fascinating thing right now. Not the Rodgers move. I think that's a done deal. But does somebody go after and sign the offer sheet or match the offer sheet or whatever that the Ravens are giving Lamar? Because, yeah, maybe they're ready to let him walk. Maybe they want to go get Stroud or somebody. So who is it? Who who makes that move, right? It's going to be a boatload of cash. And, you know, you're probably going to have to trade somebody you already have. Um, you know, do you think he's worth it? Do you think he's he's the guy to pay Deshaun Watson type money to? I think I almost think you have to. It's just the go the going rate for a good quarterback in the NFL is forty million dollars a year. You're gonna have if you want Lamar Jackson, you're gonna have to pay him forty a year. And I just don't think if you're the Ravens, you take a chance because you don't have a high enough pick to get Stroud, Levis, or Bryce Young. So you're gonna have to go out and get one of the free agents. Do they go after Garoppolo? Do they go after uh, Aaron Rodgers? Do they go after J do they pick up Jameis? Like I don't know what their plan is if they don't resign. Uh, oh, they're going to get a boatload. Lamar. Someone says, most people say it's going to take more than just the first and second round picks that they'd be guaranteed. Mm. There's going to be somebody has to kick in a player or even another first round pick. Um, I know. Did did, this, I did the Seattle re-signing of Geno surprise you? I, I guess not because I don't think they had many other options and they didn't 
break the bank for him. I mean, yeah, he did get a lot of money coming off one again, one good year, but we know this is a quarterback driven league. You have to have a guy and with the NFC, you know, if you go off last year, Gino was probably top three quarterback in the NFC last year based on statistics. So you kind of have to let him resign because if you don't, then you're in the same boat as some of these other teams. You know, one, you know, one of the things that you and I have, you know, majorly in common is the fact that both grew up in Orange County. You're still in Orange County. So we're very familiar with the whole modern day quarterback factory that they produce. And, yep. you know, they've got a guy there now that still hasn't signed, but NFL Combine, it came up this past weekend. Oh, oh no, Bryce Young is 5'10 and 1 8 and 204. His measurables are basically the exact same as Kyler Murray, who hasn't really panned out as, look, he was the number one pick in the draft. It looks like Bryce is going to be the number one, but now teams, even though he was still this height and weight in college, now teams seem to be scared off by Bryce Young. I know it's an inexact science. It's impossible to know what a guy is going to do in the NFL. But when you look at Bryce Young, do you think he's going to be an elite NFL quarterback or a serviceable one? I think elite. Really? Honestly, I've been watching him play since he was a freshman. He's he's a winner. The guy just makes incredible decisions. He makes the people around him better. He's supposed to be a really, really great guy. Um, you know, Kyler Murray has leadership or integrity or whatever issues he's got going on. I, I'm all in on Bryce Young. Yeah, I mean, even with his, I think his hands are smaller than Kyler Murray's. But the dude, I think he's got an incredible arm. The passes he makes, the windows he hits yeah. within are just insane. Yeah, no, I'm, I have no problem with him going top three or top two. And I hope it's not to the Texans. Yeah, um, I mean, it looks like that's terrible. where, unless the, in, well, the Bears have the number one, and I don't think they're trading it unless they decide to go another way on fields. But looks like they're keeping fields. I'm worried about I'm worried about his weight. I, I'm worried about him being frail because the other short quarterbacks, um, you know, Kyler, same height and weight as Bryce, and yet yeah. he's had major injury issues the last couple of years. Now, granted, it had nothing to do with his weight. He planted wrong on that awful field in Arizona and blew out his knee. But before that was having issues. If if you know, if Bryce doesn't have a good offensive line, if this guy's getting killed back yes. there and has a you know, Joe Burrow, Cincinnati Bengal offensive line from two years ago, I'm worried. I'm worried about him staying up, staying upright, because if he is upright and he is healthy, yes, I think he's an effective quarterback. But these quarterbacks that get drafted first or second, they're going to shitty teams. We know yes. this, you know, are the Texans going to protect Bryce Young? They better, because I that's my biggest worry with him. Him, you know, leadership, smarts, uh, ball accuracy, he's got it all. But he did hurt his shoulder. Yeah, but he yeah. got his shoulder like driven into the ground. It wasn't yeah. it was a pretty violent hit. I don't know if anyone would have shooken that off even with a bigger frame. But uh but you know, totally fair. But he's not a run first guy. Yeah. He's gonna be looking for, you know, the check downs and and I think he's gonna make good decisions. But you're right. Is this you know, what's his tackle situation gonna be like and how many times he's gonna be on his back? Yeah. Joe Burrow certainly spent yeah. His whole first year on his back. And I and, and that's you know, it's the biggest worry. And, you know, very few of these top five quarterback picks right away step in and make a difference. It's gonna take him I don't think he's leading the Texans to the playoffs next year. You know, you as as a Texan, if if he ends up going there or to the Colts, you know, the Texans yeah. won, I think, two or three games or something like that. Like 
to show if Bryce Young is going to be good would be if he led the Texans to double their win total, like six wins next year. would be a huge step in the right direction. And then you just watch him play and see how he does. But um, Hey, you, you know, mentioned modern day. It is yeah. amazing, right? These guys that go there start for four years. I mean, sure, yeah, they might have started freshman year of high school as a 16-year-old, but still – you know, it is a pretty impressive run of quarterbacks and a, a place that obviously prepares you for greatness. But, I mean, were you ready to start in a big stage like that freshman year in any sport in basketball? No, not freshman year. I was pretty scared freshman year when I got called up to varsity just to practice with them. I was I was not ready. But then that summer before my sophomore year when I got called up to varsity and I knew I was going to be on varsity and I knew I had a chance to be the starting two guard, confidence grew played in all the summer camps and then you know I started uh you know first game of my sophomore year on varsity and never looked back but right. it still was you know it, looking back on it it was intimidating but that summer before my sophomore year is where I grew the most and not in terms of height but just getting knowing what I was getting into being a varsity player pretty much um yeah I don't think Liner started that early but Barkley did Daniels did yeah. Bryce did, and now Elijah Brown going four years. It's uh, it's pretty amazing. Um, I I don't have a. This isn't a trivia question, but it's a uh, it's just a question for you. I want to see if you know the answer to this. Outside of bathroom breaks and getting some lunch, will I ever get up from my seat next Thursday and Friday at the <laughs> Venetian Sportsbook in, in, a, in a span of twelve hours? <laughs> Yes, because you're gonna go roll some dice behind us for uh, a couple hours. Oh, that's true. That's true. If I have a game that I don't, if there's a set of games going on that I don't have any action on, yeah, I'll probably go get up and, and go play some craps. But for the most part, 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. next Thursday and Friday, I I won't be moving much from that seat, and I don't think you will be either. Although oh, you you not. you want to walk around a little bit, maybe explore, maybe do some shopping for the kids. I don't know. Maybe. Are you gonna buy? Are you gonna buy anything for the kids this year? Are you buy any souvenirs? I am gonna go collect a few drinks from my buddies who will be at the Cosmo. Who, uh, <laughs> yeah, who owe me some favors. So I will stop in there briefly. But um, but no, it's a great time. Thank you for inviting me out again. Um, it's just so much fun with you know obviously so much action happening at the same time. Plus I got Indian Wells tennis I can bet at. Oh yeah, bet on as well. So throw in, you know, a Medvedev into my parlay. He's playing really well. I think uh, Indian Wells tennis tournament is going to be fantastic. Well, wait now. What did I see this about not letting jo Joker withdrew? What happened with this? He can't get into California because oh, yeah. of – He's, he's, not he's still struggling. Yeah, he's still struggling with his uh, vaccination stance and letting him in. And there's lots of people advocating for him, but uh, but I'm not sure he's playing in America this year. I didn't know that was a thing. You can't come to this country unvaccinated. <laughs> I thought we were past that. I didn't know that. Or at least California is it? Is it a state by state? No, thing? no, statewide. No, no, they're going straight to Biden. Yeah, no, this is a federal thing. Oh, that he's he's facing. Okay, I know. I didn't really understand that either but uh maybe it's a serbia thing or wherever he's coming from doesn't he live in monaco yeah maybe it's maybe it's where he's coming from yeah i'm confused but yeah i saw that i'm like oh no josh is not going to be happy that joker's not going to be in indian wells just because it's fun to watch joker play oh it is he's incredible is, well i'm is super looking playing? forward to hanging with you next week alcaraz is yes he is playing he's back he 
he's been yeah a bunch of issues with his hamstring or something but uh but won a tournament yeah just a month ago okay cool um yeah i'll definitely uh see you next thursday um by the way josh has a podcast if you are interested in what's going on in orange county california it's called we can still fix this it's only on spotify but it's all about growing up in orange county i'll be on there at some point talking about what I liked about Orange County um, growing up, I absolutely loved growing up in Orange County, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. And, you know, for, for people that don't know Orange County, like, there's different parts of Orange You know, what you see in The Real Housewives is not all of Orange County whatsoever. That's a certain subsect of Orange County. I did not grow up in that area. I grew up a lot further north. You are closer to those people than I am. But yes. definitely different parts uh, of Orange County. But like I said, your podcast, we can still fix this. It's only on Spotify. Check it out. Josh, I will see you next Thursday, man. This was fun. Thanks for having me, Steve. You got it. Bye. Okay. Take care. Thanks to Josh. A lot of fun. Buddy from college. And I just, like I said, my Friday podcast, just want to have a guest to shoot the shit with. And yeah, we spent 10 minutes talking about our college life. But it was still interesting, wasn't it? Maybe you don't care. I don't know. But I – it just – something that, like I said, this has always been a passion project of mine, and Fridays are for sure going to be outside of the next two weeks. The next two Fridays I will be out of town. Next Friday, obviously, I'll be in Vegas. The following Friday I'll be in California. So we probably won't have another guest again until the last Friday in – March or is that would be that be April 1st or is March 31st a Friday? Yeah, March 31st is a Friday. So that'll probably be the next time we have a guest. I don't know who it'll be, but just uh, friends in the sporting world. It's not just going to be my buddy talking about, hey, you know, what about when we went to the high school dance? Like, I don't think it's going to be stuff like that. It'll be people in sports, involved in sports, people I used to work with in the industry, but just want to have a 20, 25, 30 minute conversation uh, shooting the shit and talking stuff. So, uh, I appreciate Josh coming on, and um, yeah, you'll see both of us camped out for two days uh, at the Venetian Sportsbook next Thursday and Friday. So thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. Please rate, subscribe, and review an Apple Podcasts. Much appreciated. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television. See you!